Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These experiences teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to It's Your Life with James Cooley. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And wow, I tell you, uh, uh, Michelle is supposed to be co-hosting this with me, but I think we're having a little technical difficult at her, her end right now, but we're going to get her on. But I tell you what, we, we got such a great show coming your way today. It's so educational and it's so informative. And it's, it's about a topic that I believe that we all need to uh, understand and know about. I mean, it's a, it's a topic that's uh, not only affect the United States, but it affects the world. And uh, so uh, I'm extremely excited about uh, this, this uh, extremely uh, uh, great topic. And I tell you what, let me tell you about my, my guests. I'm just going to introduce them right now. And but, you know, as we get to them, we will uh, uh, tell you a little bit more about uh, about them. Uh, I got in studio with me, uh, Kenny Hansmeer. How you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you, sir. What Kenny is uh, runs uh, this uh, ID program in the United States, and uh, he's going to tell us a lot more about that one later. You know, but uh, welcome to the show, Kenny. We also got uh, Hugh Jackson, the former head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, and he has a foundation called the Hugh Jackson Foundation. And I, I tell you, I mean, just. Uh, uh, looking at some of the things that they do, is, I'm, 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 I'm just excited uh, about that. And uh, Hugh, uh, thank you, sir, and welcome to the show. Oh, <laughs> oh, a- a- absolutely. <laughs> and we uh, have Kimberly uh, Dyersmers. I think I got her name right, but she's going to correct me if I didn't. <laughs> and I tell you, she is... Uh, uh, a wealth of knowledge as it relates uh, to human trafficking awareness and and some of the things that uh, the world need to know about. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to the show. You know, but we we're gonna start off um, by telling you the purpose of the show. You know, today's purpose is to bring attention and opposition to human trafficking and how it is related to a modern day slavery. Wow, Ken, I can't wait to tell us about that. <laughs> uh, also, how can we become more aware of human trafficking? Uh, the different forms of human trafficking and certain groups affected by human trafficking. And most important, organizations developed to help combat human trafficking. So uh, that's uh, what we're going to talk about. But let me tell you a little bit about our first guest. I'm going to bring our first guest on, Kenny Hansmuir. Uh, Kenny is currently served as the executive director of the National Child Identification Program since its inception in 1997. There have been over 52 million ID kits, and he's going to talk about that uh, a little bit uh, uh, during his time, across the United States. And, and the ID's ID kits has been responsible for um, identifying and you know, uh, lots of kids uh, throughout the United States. So, uh, but Kenny is also a a former football player. He was he's a native from San Antonio. He graduated from Howard Payne University and played wide receivers for the Division II school. He went on to play for the Houston Oilers, the Philadelphia Eagles, <sighs> the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, a. a a lot of different things, you know, so, um, and also he played in the USFL under uh, the San Antonio uh, Gunslingers. Welcome to the show, Kenny. How you doing? Doing very well. Thank you, sir. Wow, Kenny, I tell you, man, uh, there's a lot of things that you're doing out there. It's extremely important to, uh, I mean, not just the United States, as I mentioned, but the world. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about you? About myself? Yes. Well, that's... <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. I come from a, a divorced family and, uh, we had, uh, growing up, uh, thank God for coaches, uh, 
And Coach uh, uh, Mike Singletary told me to tell you hi. I knew we were going to be on together today, and he told me to tell you hi. But uh, uh, as growing up, coming from a divorced family, uh, you know, you you struggle. You see your mom struggle working, and and uh, you you kind of gravitate trying to do what's right as a young man. And uh, thank God we had coaches because uh, I would uh, definitely not be on your show today if it hadn't been for a young man coach. Uh, it's called the power of influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were influential people that were in coaches' lives that made him a coach, mm-hmm. made him a better ball player. He didn't want to let his coaches down. I was the same way. I didn't want to let my coaches down. And and uh, ultimately, uh, uh, we just worked hard every day. And uh, the good Lord uh, blessed us with a, a scholarship and a way to have a little education and a little bit of uh, financial uh, backing a little bit with the, the NFL and and uh, let me uh, let me clarify my playing experience. I was really good about sitting on the bench on on the Sunday, <laughs> and uh, but I was also really good about picking up that check on Monday morning. <laughs> wow, you know, hey, that's that's interesting. Uh, your introduction. I tell you, one of the biggest things that I, I want to know about, and I think our listening audience want to know about, is the National Child Identification Program. And you know, tell us exactly what that is. In 1997, Amber Hagerman was taken in Arlington, Texas, and great things come out of tragedy. And we watched uh, the American Football Coaches Association. That's the association for all the NFL and college coaches. Uh, We're really known for the crystal ball that we give over to Alabama, and I think it's sitting over at LSU this year. But we're really known for the coaches' trophy. But our coaches watched Amber's mother struggle with trying to find fingerprint and DNA information uh, on Amber, they had to come in and fingerprint toys, pull hair out of uh, hairbrushes for DNA. And again, Amber's mother didn't have that information readily available. So the Coach Association in 1997 started the National Child ID Program. We had 100 Division One universities hand out RID kits that parents could take at home and, and keep it back in case of an emergency. It does not go into a database. We did 2.7 million children uh, with those 100 uh, Division One universities. And we became the largest child ID program in U.S. history. Uh, the next year, we had a young governor by the name of Bush that happened to get a ID kit at uh, two ID kits for his daughters over an A&M game. Uh, and as governor, he asked us, how could we do all four million Texas school kids? We basically did that over 1998. And in 2000, when he became the president, we got a phone call from the FBI and FBI asked if the coaches would partner or if they could partner with the coaches on the program. To date, we're the world's largest child ID program. Again, our ID kit does not go into a database. It's a gift of safety that we give to parents and, and families, and uh, they can keep it back in case of an emergency. But the the reason the, the ID kit's so important is 80% of the information that law enforcement is going to ask you at the time you report your child missing is on that ID kit. What does an ID kit consist of? It's fingerprint uh, DNA uh, information. Uh, height, weight, uh, some medical information, and a photo. Uh, and again, when you report your child missing right now, that we have over 800,000 children that are reported missing every year in America. Uh, our program has had the, uh, the honor uh, to have a 13-year relationship with the FBI. Uh, we also work with the National Sheriff's Association, and we're the only program uh, in the United States that's endorsed by every state AG. Wow. Uh, how many kids are reported missing every year? About 800,000 children report missing every year. It breaks down as follows. 450,000 are reported as runaways. 350,000 are family abductions, divorces, and 56,000 are stranger abductions. Wow. That's, uh, that's a serious uh, problem there. Um, if there more of a certain group or race uh, missing than others? James, it's a, that's a great question. You know, we started our program as a as a missing children's program, and now you know the I guess the the word of the day is is human trafficking. And what we're finding out with our runaways is that sixty seven percent of runaways are. I'm, I'm sorry, let me back that up. Forty two percent of our runaways out of that four hundred thousand come into some form of human trafficking, and out of that forty two percent, sixty two percent are minorities. And uh, that's children of color um, that uh, that end up in a human trafficking situation just as a runaways. Okay, so um, 
human trafficking is not just for kids of low income. I'm talking about that's uh, affected by this, but uh, it, I, I guess it's encompassed it's, everybody. Yes, sir. It, it, uh, you know, you have a, a young man or a, a young lady that's uh, on the Internet at night. Uh, she thinks she's talking to a 16-year-old uh, boy in Atlanta. It turns out uh, she leaves home, runs away uh, to go see this new boyfriend that she's met. and It turns out to be a 32-year-old man. And uh, ultimately, she gets caught up. Wow. You know, what is the most common a recruitment method of human trafficking? I think it's I think, you know, the problem that one of the greatest things that's ever been invented is the, the cell phone. Uh, but it's one of the worst things. Coach uh, Mike Singletary and I talk about it all the time that uh, it gives you so much information. Uh, but uh, again, you can communicate with people around the world. And I think that that's uh, one of the biggest drivers, uh, your computer. Uh, where, you know, if you're not monitoring your children at home, uh, again, they have a, a tendency to, to get off course. And, and like I said before, meet somebody that, uh, is not, not very desirable. You know, uh, so, um, which country has the, the bigger ratio of human trafficking in the world? Well, you know, we, we, good old USA, we are, uh, we're number one in a lot of things. And I'm not proud to say, but, uh, the United States is the number one human trafficked, uh, uh, country in the world, uh, but we're, we're we we sit right next to the number one kidnap uh, capital of the of the United or the world, which is Mexico. I tell you what, hold that thought. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Kenny Hansmeyer on human trafficking and bring on Hugh Jackson. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And y'all tell you what, uh, audience, I know you're getting educated out there because uh, this is extremely eye-opening to me. Hey, Kenny, we we still got Kenny Hansmere. Uh, that uh, telling us about Kenny. Well, I was asking you a question about um, which country has the largest ratio of human trafficking cases, and I think you mentioned Mexico. Can you continue that? Uh, that yes, thought? actually, uh, the United States serves as the number one human trafficked uh, country in the world, uh, and we are sitting next to uh, or bordered on the number one kidnapped uh, country in the world, which is Mexico. Uh, so we believe that uh, those two. And those two things uh, are both working negatively uh, in the human traffic uh, arena. Okay, so your organization doing a whole lot of things out there. Which other organizations or people have you partnered with to help combat this? We've, well, like I had mentioned before, when we first uh, became, you know, the American Football Coach Association, uh, actually just helped lead this effort. It's the first time in, my, in, in a while that I've been in a radio uh, studio. Uh, they made mention that Clear Channel Radio, uh, during their early years, uh, we were the largest played PSA in the history of, of radio, and we still hold that record. Uh, the National Sheriff's Association, the FBI, uh, the State Department, and as I'd mentioned before, uh, RAGA, the Republican Attorney General's Association, as well as DAGA, the Democratic Attorney General's Association, are our, are our partners uh, to date. Wow tell you um we're gonna come back to you uh, because i got a lot more questions from you but we're gonna bring on our next guest right now and um wow i'm, I'm i have uh you know chat with this uh, young man before he was on my show i guess about five weeks ago uh yeah we talking about coach uh, hugh jackson who is uh, the former head coach as i mentioned of cincinnati Bengals and uh Cleveland Browns, and, but but he got so much more. He's a a businessman, a philanthropy, 
Um, I mean, and he does so many things out there. And, uh, Coach, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Welcome back to the show. How you doing, Coach? Great, and it's an honor to be on here with Ken and Kimberly and Michelle and yourself uh, to talk about this uh, domestic and global issue uh, in human trafficking. Um, I think people need to, I hope what I can do uh, in my conversations is really give somebody an understanding and knowledge of what human trafficking is. So um, that's what I want to share um, with your uh, guidance a little bit, because I think it's so important for people to understand the issue, because I think people get confused about what human trafficking really is. Wow. Coach, you had such a uh, successful career in college and the NFL. But what inspired you to create the Hugh Jackson Foundation? Well, I wanted to uh, myself and my family, we wanted to be able to give back and have an impact. And we've seen firsthand um, the tragedies of human trafficking. Uh, and so we wanted to create something that was going to truly make a difference in this space. And we've set out to do it. I have the best executive director in the world in Kimberly, who you guys will hear, hear from. Uh, she does a tremendous job. Uh, we've created a, a residence. Uh, we partnered with the Salvation Army in the Harbor Lake District in Cleveland where we have um, the ability to house victims there. Uh, so we're trying to do some big things. But as you know, it takes money to keep these things up and running. And, um, but, but these spaces are definitely needed. Wow. What was the backdrop of why the Hugh Jackson Foundation focuses on human trafficking? Well, because when you're talking about young kids, when you look at what human trafficking is, you know, it really involves the use of force and fraud and co uh, coercion uh, to obtain um, some type of uh, labor or commercial sex act. And to me, that goes against all humanity to me. And uh, I think that is a huge, huge issue. Um, you know, every year, millions of, of women and men and children are trafficked. Uh, they're victims and they come from any age, any race, you know, any gender. And uh, I said, hey, look, we got to put an end to this. We need to find a way uh, to truly impact this issue. And that's what we set out to do. Wow. Is human trafficking for sexual exploitation reported more frequently than human traffic uh, as a nature for forced labor? I'm sorry. Say that again. I'm sorry. Said, is human trafficking for sex, sexual exploitation more frequently reported than human trafficking for forced labor? I'm just I think human trafficking is not reported as much as it should be, because I don't think people truly know the signs and, and can really understand what it is. I think the more we educate people, the more it will get reported. I think we're seeing signs of that starting to turn. People are starting to truly open their eyes and ears, first understanding what human trafficking is and then being able to spot it and be able to say, OK, Let's take a look into this. And so I think that's where it all starts. But exploitation, absolutely it is. How has the Internet played a, a role for trafficking to recruit victims and accomplices? Well, the Internet, as you know, I mean, that is uh, an opportunity for the traffickers to get in contact uh, with their victims. You know, that's a way to kind of pry, prey on them a little bit to groom them. You know, obviously these uh, particular people are missing a little something in their life and the traffickers know that and they find a way to prey on those things. And obviously if they can do it without the knowledge of mom and dad or uncle or auntie, uh, that's what they're going to do. But they, there's no shame in the traffickers game. He's going to do what he needs to do to get this victim to become his so that he can use them for his own good. Wow. You know, I tell you, hey, coach, we're going to get back and with you on this one. But I'm, I'm going to bring Kimberly in. I, I think she do a lot of the, the heavy uh, load loading for uh, your, your foundation. And, um, you know, let me tell you, uh, Kimberly, a little bit about her. Kimberly Dimer has served as executive director of the Hugh Jackson Foundation since July of 2018 overseeing every phase of the foundation from program development, community, uh, community education, awareness, to assisting with the recovery and long-term survivorship 
or those who have been victimized. A resident of, of Ohio for 19 years, she has spent 18 of those in the voluntary or philanthropy area. She served seven years as a volunteer with the American Red Cross and, and a disaster uh, specialist in, in government. We're going to have her to uh, tell us a little bit more about her uh, because uh, I had had the opportunity of chatting with her the last few days, and she's fascinating. Kimberly, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hi, JC. It's nice to see you guys again, and thank you for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure, especially when we are talking about a topic of this magnitude, and we need to bring awareness to everybody. But before we get off into that, Kimberly, can you tell us a little bit about you and your background? Well, the most important thing about me is I'm a blessed individual. I have a beautiful family. I have a son who has graced me with three grandsons. So my my love and my passion for humanity is is not just as an individual who happens to be a mother and a grandmother, but as somebody who believes that we are responsible for the future of all generations, whether we're directly related to them or not. What uh, or why did you decide to get involved in human trafficking? The, issue the, the majority of my adult life has been spent in giving back to those around me in some form or fashion. Um, I'm the typical bleeding heart. When I see somebody that's wounded, I feel like I need to rescue them and give them every opportunity to heal and to survive in their environment and to give them opportunities beyond that environment so they can thrive in a better new future for themselves. And as an investigator, I started learning more and more about the tragic occurrences of human trafficking in our community in Northeast Ohio. And really, it struck me as something that was so profound that I gave up my professional um, endeavors as a licensed private investigator in the civil and criminal litigation side of things and went strictly into issues revolving around human trafficking. Wow. What is the biggest problem facing human trafficking in 2020? Disinformation. Um, People really have a hard time understanding the difference between fact and rumors or things that kind of are bait clicks. Um, There is, fortunately, the new catchphrase, as Ken had already mentioned, which is human trafficking. And I'm very grateful people are talking about human trafficking. However, I would like to see more education about human trafficking out there. I can tell you that some of the um, some of the other side effects of COVID-19 is the fact that our children are compelled because of COVID-19 to spend even more time online and are the, the effect of that time online in the cyber tip hotlines through the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children went up 119 percent in the month of March alone. Um, This is going to unfortunately be a study. A steady increase for us in the National Center for Missing and Exploited, um, and it's it's very frightening for us. And because parents don't know really what they're looking for, or the children don't know what is coming across their laptop or their handheld devices, they're they're more prone to victimization for a variety of reasons. But the exposure is exponential right now. Wow! You know what? Kimberly, we're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this discussion on this great topic. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. 
time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And while I tell you, Kimberly, uh, you are really educating uh, our listening audience. Um, how does, the, I, I asked you just a question a few minutes ago, uh, but can you add on to how does the media help or hurt when it comes to bringing awareness to human trafficking? That's a great question. A lot of people think that human trafficking is the Liam Neeson movie, which, by the way, I'm a big fan of, of Liam Neeson. But they think that human trafficking is what you see in Hollywood, which is depicted on movies such as Taken. It's the snatch and grab. It's the children that or, or the adults that are transferred across international borders that are bought and sold for a variety of reasons. And because of that, people have a stereotypical view of what human trafficking is. And while that is a component of what happens, it is less than 3% of the actual cases that occur in our country as of this moment. What ends up happening more so than not is individuals are lured by people that they know. Um, the, the organizations that we work with under the Hugh Jackson Foundation is the National Center for Missing and Exploited. And I'm just going to shorten that by saying NCMEC. And we also work with ICAC, the Internet Crimes Against Children. And we're constantly going over ways that we can increase the public awareness out there so people understand where they can go to get valid and current and correct information instead of just um, headlines that they really don't understand. And some of those headlines actually create more hostilities, anger, and bitterness towards certain groups um, and classes of individuals without true understanding of what's actually happening out there. Wow. It seems like we're having uh, 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 so many cases of, of human trafficking now. Could you tell us what you think might be the reason why we're having so many right now? Right now? Well, there's a, there's a couple schools of thoughts. Um, we're not one that really likes to give a lot of statistics because statistics are only as good as the information that goes in. And I can tell you in this country, we do not have a standardized reporting process or procedure. There's varying um, protocols and agencies that collect the data when it comes to human trafficking. So, for example, in the... Um, the U.S. Department of State puts out an annual report every summer that talks about what's actually happening based on the information that they've received from reporting agencies. And those agencies are the Department of Justice, FBI, um, and local, local and state law enforcement agencies. But not every law enforcement agency is trained on how to recognize what human trafficking is, let alone how to report that human trafficking. So it's very difficult to track and to identify when it comes to um, to battling what human trafficking is and getting the right people in the in the pipeline of the help that they actually need and getting the right information out there. Who become targets or, I guess, victims of human trafficking? Really pretty much anybody who suffers great vulnerabilities. And those can be anybody from somebody who's suffering from homelessness. Um, they can be suffering from substance abuse, gender identity crises, Domestic relation issues and sex abuse victims are the majority of our victims that become victims of human trafficking. So when we go back and we talk about some of the things that happen to our children, particularly with the cyber crimes, um, and we're, we're going to go back to CSAM, which is child abuse sex material or child sexual abuse material, you know, a lot of people think that once that information is out there, it's out there forever. And thankfully to organizations that we work with, such as Thor and the National Center, NCMEC, we're able to pull that information now off the Internet. But in the meantime, that individual who suffered that crime carries that crime with them throughout the rest of their life. And they're constantly re-traumatized. And they suffer from various forms of PTSD as a result of their victimization. And it devalues who they are internally, and they feel like that is their identity, and they're much more easy prey for somebody who grooms them and brings them into the human trafficking environment. Our runaways are highly exposed to cases of human trafficking, as Ken had mentioned. Um, we work a lot with runaways. We consider every runaway to be an endangered runaway because we don't know why they ran away. We don't know what circumstances compelled them to leave their safe environment, whether that was their home of biological birth or foster care or an extended family member that has taken care of them. So in each one of these different occurrences, there's different vulnerabilities that traffickers are very, very, very skilled at identifying and isolating that individual and grooming them to this point that they feel like they can trust that trafficker. And now that trafficker has control of their life, either through force, fraud or coercion, which is something that he had already discussed. 
Wow. Now tell uh, the audience, what's the difference between human trafficking and sex trafficking? Well, they're both this uh, human trafficking is, is the global um, category. Human trafficking is, is the sale of the human commodity. And that sale could be either through a sexual act or a laborious act. So sex trafficking, of course, speaks for itself. Labor trafficking is everything from, you know, things, maybe migrant workers. I can tell you in the state of Ohio, we, we are currently working with our legislative body and working on new pieces of legislation that hold contractors accountable because they're using indentured servitude as labor, trades in place of skilled labor on some of their different projects. Um, and it also happens very frequently in individuals who are brought in to do domestic service, whether they're a live-in nanny, sometimes they're referred to as an au pair, um, or some kind of domestic help. And those are, are un- unfortunately becoming more and more increasingly common in this country. Wow. Some people believe that if a person give him or her give their consent uh, to trafficking, they're no longer uh, a victim. Is that, is that true? That is unfortunately true, um, but it's not accurate. There's a lot of reasons why somebody will consent to engage in a particular activity. And most victims do not see themselves as victims once we've initially recovered them. And on average, it takes us about seven times meeting with a victim in order for them to identify themselves as being a victim. So in the state of Ohio, we're the only state in the entire union that the age of consent is 16 years of age. So anybody engaged in the sex trade of human trafficking under the age of 16 cannot legally give consent to that act. But the consumer says, well, they said yes, and their trafficker will say that person agreed to do this. Well, in fact, according to the law, they're not of age of consent to be able to do that. And there's a variety of different uh, legal things that identify whether or not somebody's able to give consent, but consent doesn't mean that it's voluntary consent. Consent could actually be forced upon them through a variety of means, whether it's it's fraud, it's coercion, it's fear for their own personal safety, the safety of somebody else that they know or love. And it could be through issues such as uh, substance abuse. And they're not capable of actually giving consent. And nobody gives consent to be sold as a human commodity. What happens when uh, you guys rescue uh, victims? It's a very lengthy process and it's a very laborious process, but it's one that we never give up on. You know, the first thing that we do when we do recover somebody is we get them the immediate help that they need for that first 48 hours of crisis. That could be physical um, medical intervention. It could be intervention to put them into a safe place, such as the Hugh Jackson survivors residence in the city of Cleveland. We get them set up immediately with crisis, mental health crisis counselors. We get them set up with legal aid, and we make sure that they have an advocate, a victim's advocate, who is there to represent them, to help them navigate through the process. If it's safe to do so, we try to make connections between that individual and their family members. So at least their family members know that they are alive and that they are at that moment in a safe place. But recovery is a very long, lengthy process. And oftentimes the the victim in that environment will flee that safe harbor or that safe place of refuge and go back to their trafficker because that's the only nightlife that they know. And their trafficker has got them so mentally traumatized that they believe that they have to have that trafficker in their life in order to continue to survive. And it's, it's a struggle. It's a lifelong struggle. How difficult is it to prosecute uh, a trafficker? Nationally, we have a less than 2% prosecution success rate. And that's for a variety of reasons. Um, I love our law enforcement. We work very closely with our law enforcement. But again, I'm going to go back to the fact that not every law enforcement agency in this country is trained to recognize what human trafficking is and what it isn't. And if they are trained, they do not have sufficient resources to really focus in on handling human trafficking cases. They don't know how to prosecute the cases. And that goes into the prosecutorial side of it. We work with our agencies here in Ohio and any partnering agency that wishes to engage with us to actually structure cases where we can include RICO charges because in that that instance, we don't always have to have our victim there to testify against their trafficker. But by the time we get a case to trial, 
we're lucky if our victims are even able to be found if they're willing to testify against their traffickers. So we try to build cases where we're not necessarily dependent upon the conviction based on the testimony of the person who's been victimized. What are some of the recommendations you think that we can do to try to get our government to uh, strengthen our laws? Personally, you know, and, and of the groups that I work with, we prefer to start really pushing a lot harder on legislation that holds the consumer of that individual responsible, as opposed to the victim themselves and the trafficker. Currently, in most instances, the, the victim of the human trafficking crime that's been perpetuated against them or perpetrated against them is the one who immediately suffers repercussions in the legal system. The trafficker is is a nightmare to even try to track down. But the consumer is really where you need to cut the head off the snake. Because if you get rid of the demand, you're going to slow down the supply, and you're going to have much greater turnaround when it comes to successful prosecutions. And there needs to be stricter laws. And holding those who are buying and selling individuals as if they are a piece of useless commodity, they are the ones that need to be held accountable. Wow. This is a discussion that I, I hope our listening audience is paying a, attention to because there is problems and we do have to figure out ways or, or getting stronger laws and, and, and protecting uh, uh, our citizens. But I tell you, we're going to have to take a station break, Kimberly, but we're going to come back and continue uh, our discussion on human traffic awareness and we're going to bring... Uh, Kenny back on. We're going to bring Coach Hugh Jackson back on. And, of course, we're going to keep Kimberly on. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Concerned over your income needs in retirement? Left an old 401k at your old employer and considering your options? Goldsmith Financial can help. For nearly 14 years, Joshua Goldsmith has been helping investors towards attaining financial independence. Call Joshua Goldsmith today for a free review. 760-586-5275. That's 760-586-5275. Or visit goldsmithfinancial.net. Goldsmithfinancial.net. Joshua Goldsmith is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor member. FINRA SIPC. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And you know, I want to bring all three of our guests on at the same time because uh, uh, normally, you know, we just share ideas and we uh, also come up with things that can help each organization out. So uh, my first, Kenny, I want to bring you back on. Uh, what organizations that we, we had talked about uh, uh, that you are, are working with or mentioned players and coaches, celebrities, and uh, what current projects do you have going on right now? Well, it's uh, we've got a lot. Uh, right now with the uh, Raga and Daga, uh, Democratic AGs and Republican AGs, uh, we've launched an effort uh, to provide all kindergarten through sixth graders uh, ID kits in their state. And in fact, uh, with AG Yotes in your great state of Ohio, uh, we're going to do 161,000 children uh, with AEP and provide those ID kits uh, to those children through the school districts and all sheriff's departments uh, sometime in January or February. And Coach, I'd be uh, honored for you and Kimberly to join us in that effort. Uh, it gets gets if you've already have if you already have a seat at the table there uh, with the AG, then that's that's great. If if you don't, uh, then we'd like to invite you in on that. Uh, but right now, uh, that's one of our biggest projects. And in fact, uh, Herschel Walker uh, delivered a uh, letter uh, that was signed by all state AGs. Uh, requesting funding from uh, the House, Senate, and the White House 
and uh, Herschel delivered that uh, letter uh, to those leaders about three weeks ago. Do, do, do you have any stories about sure. the kits? Absolutely. Well, it, because it's because we're not in a national database, we thought that when we partnered with the FBI in 2000 that uh, uh, that they were wanting to create a, create a database. And they said, no, 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 no. We want parents to have these ID kits. When they report their child missing, we want, want them to turn that ID kit over to law enforcement so that they have pertinent information on their child and they can they can move it forward. Uh, we've had a uh, we had a little boy uh, that was his parents got a an ID kit uh, at a uh, San Francisco 49ers game. It was uh, he was about five years old at the time. Uh, the parents were getting a divorce. The mother filled out the card, kept it back in case of an emergency, and. Um, Lo and behold, uh, the, the the father abducted the child and give, had given every indication that he was in, in uh, South America, and he wasn't. Uh, literally 10 years later, the mother's still looking for her child with the FBI, uh, thinking it might be in uh, South America. It was a uh, parent abduction. The young man went down in Boston, put his fingerprint down on an IR scanner to get his driver's license, and when they ran that fingerprint against uh, uh, the crime computer database, it came back that uh, that was a match of a child that was abducted 10 years earlier. And so we were able to uh, call the mom, let her know that, uh, uh, that Billy had been found and uh, reunited that uh, child back. And uh, so, again, we don't have, uh, because we're not in a database, we can't see on a, data, a day-to-day basis where law enforcement's pulling that. And again, we want uh, my my two uh, children are are now twenty four and twenty two. Uh, when they were four and six, uh, we fingerprinted uh, our children, and we put those two ID kits in our Bible, so we would know where they were at. So if we ever needed them, we could turn them over. Tell our, our audience uh, how they can go about uh, getting their kids uh, th- those kits. Oh, actually, uh, absolutely. It's. Uh, it's very simple. It's an in home fingerprinting kit. It's not a. It's a. It's in a number. 10 size envelope uh, inside it. Uh, again, it's uh, it has DNA fingerprint information. You can go to the national child ID program, uh, dot com, uh, and you can order your kit uh, run online. Oh yeah. Hey coach uh, Jackson. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but we didn't go out to it. said deception is one of the primary practices utilized by trafficking. Can you explain uh, to us or uh, the audience why? You said deception? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, absolutely deception because first they have to lure the particular victim. I mean, that's the starting process. You have to have a hook. Uh, and like I said, the people they go after are people who are lacking um, maybe in just feeling good about themselves or people who have some struggles, people come from poverty, all those different things. Then you have to groom them. So they go from luring them and then they groom them. And after they groom them, it becomes about manipulation. And then it becomes exploitation. And so that's this whole process. And they are always trying to be in the disguise of being the good person, a person that can make do things for them that maybe their families wouldn't do or their boyfriend wouldn't do or their friends wouldn't do to get them to feel good. And you, they will lure them with something uh, in order for them to uh, feel like, um, they're going to help them attain their goals and aspirations. Kimberly, where can uh, our listening audience get a reliable information about human trafficking? The agencies that we work with um, are, of course, would be the ones that I would send somebody to first, which is the um, Department of Homeland Security. They have a campaign. It's called the Blue Campaign. There's a lot of information that's ready-made, easy to distribute, and it's free to anybody who requests it. And we also work with the National Center for Missing and Exploited, and that's www.missing.org. Um, they are a clearinghouse who uh, I'm sure Ken's very familiar with, has been around since the early 1980s. That was established by John and Rev Walsh after the kidnap and murder of their son, Adam Walsh. They're, they're our go-to place for every piece of credible information, not only just for what's current, but for um, teaching tools that they've already established, they've already paid to have developed and easily disseminated and utilized with everybody from preschool age children up through high school age children. These are online activities. These are printable activities, um, gaming systems, you know, or games for them to teach them about safety, keeping themselves uh, 
aware of what's going on around them while giving them some safety and some security measures. And we also utilize them for identification when we come across an individual's remains. Unfortunately, you know, through their, uh, their expertise, we're able to help bring closures to families and to reunite families um, after a loved one has been gone missing for quite some time. So we use NCMEC quite a bit. And then we also use the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force in every individual state. Um, and it's ICAC.org or .gov, depending on what location you're in. And each state has its own organization. Then, of course, there's the Hugh Jackson Foundation. Um, we do do extensive training throughout the country, not just in the state of Ohio. And we've developed great partnerships throughout the country, which includes our Strangers to program. This question is for all you guys. Um, where can our listening audience, uh, how can they get involved and help come back and just uh, harbor human trafficking? Uh, uh, you first can. Well, I think that uh, as a parent, I think you've, you've got to start uh, inside your home. Uh, you got to make sure you got to monitor your children, what they're watching and, and doing on the internet. And, you know, as a as a parent and as a uh, as this uh, leader of this organization, I would think it starts at home, uh, and then from the home it it starts to go through the school districts or, or through your uh, small town, and then to your school districts. Uh, and and it's got to you've got to uh, you've got to monitor what is going on at home because if you're not paying attention to what's going on at home, you you may lose one of your children. Wow. Uh- Coach Jackson, you had mentioned earlier about uh, it, it takes a lot to help combat this. How can the public donate to the Hugh Jackson Foundation? That's, I'm going to ask you the same question, Kenny. How can they donate uh, uh, to the Hugh Jackson uh, Foundation? Regardless well, I'm going to let Kim answer that because obviously they can donate to our foundation and she's the spearhead of that. But I just, you know, again, I think Ken said some very important things just about where all this is. But I the education and people truly understanding what these things look like. What does human trafficking really look like? You know, when you find somebody living with their employer or somebody's living with in poor living conditions or multiple people cramped in a small space, you know, the inability to speak to individuals alone, you know, it's just all these little things. I think people got to pay big attention to, uh, people's, you know, the answer seems like they're scripted because somebody's told you, you got to talk like this. The employer is holding the person's identification documents, you know, uh, signs of physical abuse, you know, and again, submissive, you know, people that are acting very fearful. Those are the things and that, I mean, I just said those very quickly that I think our, our listening audience would want to jot down and truly understand because those are things you can see. Those are things that you can help evaluate. And if you're seeing that, you can get that information to the proper uh, place for help for that particular victim. Because those are the things we need to do a better job of is identifying. And the only way you can do that is if you have the knowledge to do so. Wow. Wow. We're coming down to uh, toward the end of the show. But I I want you guys to provide uh, information on how our listening audience can get in touch uh, with your foundation or your organization. I'll start with you first, Ken. I'm, I'm going to defer. Uh, I, uh, we've, uh, we've really been blessed. Uh, we are, we're in a good place right now. Uh, if, uh, if I had my wish right now, I want to, I want to help coach in his foundation. And, uh, but, uh, if you need an ID kit, go. You can go to the National Child ID Program. Uh, go online and get you a, a lot of good information. Uh, it shows us who our partners have been in the past, who our partners are now, and uh, and how you might be able to get your kit. But uh, I would, uh, I'd like uh, your listening audience to support you and what you do because you've given uh, Coach and I and Kimberly a voice today, and we can't get that voice out if it's not for you. So we're very grateful for that. But I defer to coach. I uh, would like to be able to, your listening audience, to be able to help you and coach. Yes, sir. And Kimberly. Thank you for that, Kenny. Um, yeah, they can reach out to us at www.hughjackson.org um, for, you know, support. But again, you know, we are here to help everybody in their individual communities. My, my plea to everybody in your listening audience is this. If you 
see something, say something. I know it's an overused phrase, but we can't say it enough. If you see something that doesn't feel right to you, it doesn't sit right for you, you don't have to know why it isn't right. Pay attention to it. If it's it's eating at your gut, report it. There's a lot of wonderful reporting agencies out there. You've got your local law enforcement. And you've got your state and your federal law enforcement. You can always call 1-800-THE-LOSS, which is National Center for Missing and Exploited. Um, they have a very well-established uh, full law enforcement investigative body that they will disseminate cases. They will send them out to the local authorities in that area where the reported incident may or may not be happening. Parents, please open up communication with your children. Let them know that it's okay to share anything and everything with you because these kids, when they get caught up in things such as sexting, it turns into sextortion. They're ashamed. They're afraid that they're going to get in trouble if they tell mom and dad what happened. And it leads to nothing but disasters down the road. Talk to your children. Let them know it's safe for them to come to you with anything that makes them uncomfortable or makes them afraid. That is the first line of defense. And I couldn't agree with Hugh and with Kenny Moore. Wow. wow. You know, I tell you, it's. Uh, I want to thank uh, my guests uh, for making this show possible, coming on, our, on air and sharing their idea. Uh, but uh, we're at the end of the show right now, but we always are looking for sponsors to help us continue to bring this great message out there. Uh, so thanks so much, Kenny. Thanks so much, uh, Coach Jackson. Thanks so much, uh, Kimberly. And thanks uh, to our listening audience. And I, I hope there's a lot of good takeaways from here. And I tell you, uh, keep listening. We're going to continue to bring messages like this because uh, we all need to hear this. Tell you next week. Uh, you know, it's your life, and we'll be back on. We got a great show. I'm James Cooley. Talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. That's CooleyFoundation.org. Join James next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big.